Christian Worship 547 at the name of Jesus. The hymns in our hymnal come from a variety of places. Some are poems written by believers expressing their praise and thanksgiving to God. Some are historic songs that the church has been singing for hundreds of years. Many take the very words and images of God's word and set them to music. Music has often been used as a way to remember different things. Musical versions of the section of scripture help people remember God's word. That's one of the reasons why learning and memorizing hymns is so important. This is one of the main reasons we sing the same songs of the historic liturgy every week. They help us learn the word of God. Hymn 547, At the Name of Jesus, is a hymn based on a beautiful song of praise found in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 11. These verses tell us about the humiliation and exaltation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ was humiliated in the sense that he humbled himself, took on human flesh, suffered and died for the sins of the whole world. Christ was exalted when he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. In this exalted state, Christ will come again to judge both the living and the dead. Verse 1. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him king of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. This verse echoes Philippians 2, verses 10 through 11. It confesses the truth that Jesus is true God. He was with God in the beginning before the creation of the world. When Christ returns in all his glory at the end of the world to judge the living and the dead, even unbelievers will be forced to bow their knees and confess that Jesus is Lord. This will be a day of praise for believers and a day of dread for unbelievers. Question. Why do believers not need to fear our Lord's return? Verse 2. At his voice creation sprang at once to sight. All the angel faces, all the hosts of light, cherubim in heaven, stars upon their way, all the heavenly orders in their great array. Jesus is both true God and true man. As true God, he created the heavens and the earth and all the angels. While we usually confess, as in the words of the Apostles' Creed, that God the Father created the heavens and the earth, because of the unique and mysterious nature of the Trinity, Christ also created the world. This verse confesses the truth that Jesus is true God. Question. How does God use angels to help his people? Verse 3. Humbled for a season to receive a name from the lips of sinners unto whom he came, faithfully he bore it spotless to the last, brought it back victorious when from death he passed. The name mentioned in this verse is Christ. Christ is the Greek version of the word Messiah. The Messiah was the Savior that God promised to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God then reaffirmed this promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David. Jesus was the promised Savior. He fulfilled the promises of God by living a perfect, spotless life and offering his life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Jesus declared total victory over sin, death, and hell by rising victorious from the grave. Question. Why did Jesus need to be true God and true man? Verse 4. Bored up triumphant with its human light, through all ranks of creatures to the central height, to the throne of Godhead, to the Father's breast, filled it with the glory of that perfect rest. Our Savior rose victorious from the grave and appeared to his disciples. After a little while, he ascended into heaven. Christ is now reigning in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He rules over all things and guides the affairs of this world for the good of his church. Because Christ is true God, we know with complete certainty that he has control over all things. 
He is ruling all things for our good, and one day soon he will return to gather his people to their heavenly home. Question, how is Christ guiding and directing the affairs of, our, of the world? Verse 5, in your hearts enthrone him, there let him subdue all that is not holy, all that is not true. Crown him as your captain in temptation's hour. Let his will enfold you its light and power. Jesus Christ is ruling all things at the right hand of the Father, but he is also ruling in our hearts. This is one of the great mysteries of our God that he can be in all places at once. This is called God's omnipresence. What a great comfort to know that our Savior is always with us. Jesus is with us, he knows us, and he loves us. Because we have Christ in our hearts, we can resist the attacks of Satan. The life of a Christian is a constant struggle against temptation, but we pray that Christ will give us strength to live our lives according to his will. Question. What are some ways to resist temptation? Verse 6. Christians, this Lord Jesus shall return again in his Father's glory with his angel train. For all wreaths of empire meet upon his brow, and our hearts confess him king of glory now. Jesus Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. This is the great hope that all believers cling to. We know that one day this sin-filled world will come to an end. Our Lord will return and take all those who call on his glorious name to a new heavens and earth. We eagerly await that day, but in the meantime, we continue to confess that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We confess this truth to a world lost in sin so that others may come to know the peace and joy of salvation. Question, what are some ways that you can confess the King of Glory? At the name of Jesus is a beautiful hymn that reminds us of many of the marvelous truths of our Savior. God humbled himself and took on human flesh. He suffered and died for our sins. He rose from the dead and is reigning over all things at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. We pay, pray for that great and glorious day to come soon. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.